Hi, I'm Natalie Bouchard, and you're listening to Inside NC Labor, a podcast designed to inform and educate North Carolina citizens on the role that the Department of Labor plays in state government. Welcome to Inside NC Labor. I'm Natalie Bouchard, Public Information Officer with the Communications Division. Hello, everybody. I'm Dolores Questenberry, the Communications Director at the North Carolina Department of Labor. And today we have with us Jennifer Haywood, and we're actually going to talk about the North Carolina Human Trafficking Commission. But we want Jennifer to um, kick this off by first telling us about her role within the department. Sure. Well, thank you, Dolores, and thank you, Natalie, for having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here. I'm Jennifer Hagwood. I have been with the department for a little over 14 years. I'm the Director of Administration and Government Affairs, which is a pretty kind of wide-ranging title, I think. Um, Probably the first part of that is I handle the legislative affairs work for the department, acting as a legislative liaison for the department, communicating with the legislature, and advocating for our legislative agenda. The other part of my job is Director of Administration, which is much more wide-ranging. That can include everything from helping Commissioner Barry with her monthly Council of State meetings, any sort of policy work that the department does, and also overseeing the management of the uh, beautiful labor building, making sure the toilets work, making sure everything's clean, making sure everyone has a parking spot. And keeping our elevators running. (laughs) Well, Jennifer, in addition uh, to your duties at the Department of Labor, you also serve as chair of the North Carolina Human Trafficking Commission. We have a statutory seat, the department, correct? Right. Explain this and why would the, the Department of Labor be involved with the commission? Sure, that's a great question. I've had a number of people ask me that same question ever since I became the chair. But going way back, about six years ago, the legislature created, by in statute, the North Carolina Human Trafficking Commission. And the statute sets out the specific membership for the commission. And of the 12 statutory seats, one of those seats is designated for the North Carolina Department of Labor. We weren't involved in drafting the legislation, so I can't tell you specifically what the thinking was, but just from my time since 2013 on the commission, you basically have two types of human trafficking. You have sex trafficking and you have labor trafficking. And I think it just made sense probably for the drafters of the legislation that if we're going to be talking about labor trafficking, it probably makes sense for the Department of Labor to have a seat on the commission. That is my best guess as to why we're here. I have served as Commissioner Barry's designee on the commission since 2013. We had one chair through that time. Uh, Her name was Libby Coles, and she, after many years of dedicated service, finally stepped down at the end of 2019. And I somewhat surprisingly got a call from the governor's office in December asking if I would be interested in accepting the role of chair. After talking to Commissioner Barry about it and getting her enthusiastic approval, <sighs> I, uh, <laughs> I thought about it for a little while and decided that at least for the next year it's something that I'd like to do. And I guess I'm almost two months into this and it's been quite the experience being chair. That's, awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. So Jennifer, who else sits on the commission with you? The commission is made up, as I said earlier, of 12 members, four appointed by the governor, four appointed by the Speaker of the House, and four appointed by the President pro tem of the Senate. We have a pretty balanced makeup of state government officials. 
Department of Labor, Department of Justice, Department of Public Safety. We also have representatives from the Sheriff's Office, from the Police Department. We have a we have the Cumberland County District Attorney, and we also have several representatives from nonprofits who actually work directly with victims. One thing I have learned is that it's housed in the judicial branch. That's right. We were originally set up within the Department of Justice, and we lived in the Department of Justice for about four years, and then I'd say about 18 months ago, the legislature moved us in the statute to Mm -hmm. the administrative office of the courts, which, which is otherwise known as the judicial branch. So we are staffed by and kind of sit administratively under the judicial branch. That was probably a really good call to move it there. Mm-hmm. And we have, we've had great support from the Chief Justice as well as everyone else in leadership at the AOC. Just kind of break it down and tell us what is the purpose of the commission? The statute is pretty specific about what the roles and responsibilities are of the commission and we're actually given a pretty wide range of of powers. We are essentially supposed to be the statewide organization organizing all of the efforts around this issue. And there's a number of ways we can go about that. We can uh, seek changes in legislation that would make it easier for victims and that would maybe perhaps increase penalties on offenders. We've actually done that Mm -hmm. over the past few years. We can seek funding from the legislature. We frequently coordinate trainings to service providers and law enforcement and anyone who may come in contact with this type of behavior. Essentially, we are supposed to be the one coordinating team in the state for all the different groups out there that are working on this issue. So how prevalent of an issue is this in North Carolina? Actually, unfortunately, very prevalent. A lot more prevalent than probably the average citizen would think. One problem that we've seen is that data collection is not great. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not perfect. But one measure we can go by are the number of hotline calls Mm -hmm. that are received. And Polaris is a national organization that receives these tips mm-hmm. and things like that. So just based on those numbers, we mm-hmm. fall anywhere between 8th and 10th in the country as far as um, That's human very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one reason for that, we think, is because of the number of interstates that run through North Carolina, specifically I-95. Mm-hmm. We're halfway between New York and, and Miami. And we also have a high number of military installations in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, you, this might be a good time to mention what's going on in Cumberland County with the court, the first human trafficking court. There's a court in Cumberland County called the Worth Court. And going back a little bit, about a year and a half ago, the legislature appropriated to the commission $1.5 million mm-hmm. to award grants to people who are working on this. One of those grants went to fund part of the work that they're doing in Cumberland County at the Worth Court. I've heard it referred to as a kind of a model court, something Mm -hmm. that we would like to one day be able to replicate in other places around North Carolina. Mm -hmm. But this is a court specifically for the issue of human trafficking. And they are victim-centered. One thing that they are trying to do well is figure out how to help these people that have been 
victims of human trafficking. So we're really excited about the work that's going on down there. I think they are still learning, uh, and I hope to make it down there soon to observe the court. There's another effort that uh, you were just involved with at the Raleigh-Durham Airport Authority where they're putting um, awareness messages throughout the the airport. Can you speak a little bit about that? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, one of the things that the commission does is advocate for legislation that would address some of these issues. About two years ago, the legislature passed a law requiring that certain businesses post the human trafficking hotline, which I mentioned those calls go to Polaris, mm-hmm. and then they're, they're kind of picked up by law enforcement from there. But part of the legislation required that transportation stations, including you know rest stops and things like that, post these human trafficking awareness signs. Mm-hmm. They're very sim- similar to what you would think of as the labor law posters mm-hmm. that businesses are required to post. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and kind of what the commission saw was a big win. Uh, we were able to get the Raleigh-Durham International Airport to agree to, for the whole year of 2020, post on their digital signboards throughout the concourses and the terminals a the, the information regarding mm-hmm. the hotline and what to call if you see something suspicious. Mm-hmm. The, these signs kind of rotate through, but... When they're on the screen, they stay on the screen for 60 seconds. And we're just really excited because airports are a common place for victims to arrive right. if they're brought in from another country. What can the public do? How can we stay informed on this issue? Be aware of what's going on around you. If you see something in a business that doesn't look right to you, if you see someone who looks fearful, who looks like maybe they're malnourished, maybe they are, maybe they're being mistreated in some way, shape, or form. Anyone can call this hotline number. And just if you if you see something suspicious, if you see something that just tells you that there's something wrong, just call. So, And what is the number? And the hotline number that I was just uh, referring to is 1-888-373- Seven eight eight eight. You can also text "be free," which is two three three seven three three. And I also just want to mention: if you want to learn more about human trafficking, about red flags to look for, just more information. I would like to refer you to the Blue Campaign, which is actually a part of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. If you Google Blue Campaign. There's a lot of great information there about the indicators of human trafficking. Um, You can go through some really basic training materials that they have just just to increase your own awareness and just learn more about what's happening right here in our community. Well, Jennifer, the commission is fortunate to have you as chair. The work that y'all are doing on the commission is so important, and we really appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk about this. Like you said, important issue in North Carolina. And we all need to be informed and know what to look for. Well, I'll be totally honest when I say that when I joined the commission in 2013, I really had not heard much about this issue. Right. And I, I think that the biggest thing we have going for us right now in terms of seeking more funding from the legislature and in terms of possibly amending 
the laws is simply the fact that this has gotten so much media attention Mm -hmm. in the past year or two, particularly in the past six months. There have been some very significant prosecutions Mm -hmm. recently here in North Carolina. And I think just the fact that there's just so much more media awareness and media discussion of the issue, uh, I'm excited about the work that we can do. Thanks again for joining us today, Jennifer. Thank you all for talking about this. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. Remember, your safety is our priority.